Welcome to episode 17 of the Productive Project Manager podcast. And this week I'm really excited because we've got Atia Jami on the call and she's going to be talking to us about her career in agile delivery, project management, and she's got lots of experience going back eight years or so in the, the agile world and then project management going back to 2004, so similar to me. And what we're going to be doing is just trying to get some insights and some interesting stories from Atiyah to hopefully help you, the listeners, in your career as a project manager, a scrum master, agile delivery manager, whatever the term is being used. Um, and obviously, hopefully have a bit of fun and hear some of the, the funny, more quirky things that go on in the in the world of project management as well. So welcome, Atiyah. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. So let's jump straight into it. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about, well, at a high level, your career really, you know, what you've been doing, why you've mm-hmm. moved into sort of the more agile delivery aspects of, sort of product development? Yeah, no, sure. Uh, so I've been working in the digital delivery space for uh, probably just over 16 years. Um, I've worked in different environments, so from agencies to public sector and now fintech. Um, uh, I've also had quite interesting clients, so I have a, had an array. So I've worked with Mini, Channel 4, Public Health England, Johnson Johnson, BT, and obviously the list goes on. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, um, I'm working for a wonderful company called Money Farm, so they're a fintech company. Um, so they're an online investment advisor for wealth management. Um, and my role really there is actually to work with the leadership team. So that's to improve the existing delivery framework to put various processes in place uh, to help the technology team to continuously um, improve their delivery life cycle, but also to empower the team, but to do agile that fits um, for the team, but also for the company as well. So that's kind of my, my main goal at the moment. Ah, so we'll, a real wide range of experience, which is certainly a, a big plus isn't it because the more different industries you work in, in different types of projects the more little insights and learnings you get as you along the way because one of these certainly something that's talked about a lot is how simple it is to talk about like agile and project management but actually delivering it is so much different in the real world no exactly i mean yeah. when i first started agile i, re- I read all the books and you know, agile for dummies um all the articles and you can read as much as you like but you don't really understand it until you do it and yeah. that's when it really kicks in and you're like ah okay so how am i going to deal with the scenario so it's, it's it's different i think you have to have both it's good to understand the theory because then you know what good looks like yeah. but also you have to actually live it and there's so many different ways to do agile but for the basis you just stick to the values and the principles and whatever you use to bring that in it will work there's there's no one recipe for success i would say yeah um so that's definitely something that i've learned yeah certainly something i preach as well don't just read <laughs> don't just read the book and think that's it no. yeah so so on that what's what's been one of the more the tougher moments in your career because i imagine working in and I've worked in the fintech area as well. You know, there's a lot of complexity there, um, which traditionally likes to rely on more of the waterfall method to lots of planning up front. What's been, is there anything related to that that's been tough in your career that you've experienced? Um, 
I think when I first started out um, years and years ago, um, when Agile wasn't really at the forefront then, um, I think most agencies at, at that time, and still do, um, use Waterfall. And I think for me, um, it, it was a little bit of an eye-opener in the sense that we we knew things that didn't work because you know teams worked in silos there wasn't that collaboration there wasn't that visibility we didn't have project managers we had account managers so ultimately the project manager at that time would actually be the person who would be the product manager as well so it's, it's a lot to put on someone's shoulders so um total different scenario to what we have today um i think agile helps us to lessen the load and gives ownership and responsibility to the whole team. So it's just not on one person. And what you tend to find is if people buy into that and it's the right process for them as well, and the right framework, you get things done much easier rather than just one person holding all the knowledge. And I think earlier in my career, it, it was that scenario, unfortunately. It was, you have one person that's the, the, the center and they have the whole weight on their shoulders and they have yeah. to deliver. And if they don't deliver, then there's obviously there's consequences for that. But I, I would say moving away from that, where it's more collaborative, definitely helps in, in, all, in all aspects. Yeah, the the sharing of responsibilities is is key, isn't it? And the empowerment. And I was having that exact conversation today, actually, with the team around. Don't rely on the delivery manager or the product owner to effectively say this is what needs to happen or these are the problems if we do this you know everyone should speak up um and say this could this could be an impact if we go down this route or i recommend this don't be led you know it's a, it's always a team effort isn't it you're going to get the best outcomes if you go down that route it is yeah, yeah. um but i think the other thing to be wary of is um also personalities um because you may get a team uh, you may have a cross-functional team and that's perfect um but if you have personality clashes, if you have someone who's more inclined to want to work on their own, but isn't good with sharing, so there's challenges there as well, because then the team kind of break down or, or they can't move as quick as they would like. So you need to understand people as well. Um, and then how you can help that person to collaborate. So even if you do have agile and you have uh, cross-functional teams and you have the right framework and you have an awesome product manager, you will still encounter other challenges within that. So you just have to be aware of what they may be. And really, I think it really boils down to people, um, not really processes or frameworks, it's actually people. Uh, how, do you, how do you get the right people, obviously, to work in a team with the right mindset? Um, and also, can they work as a team as well? And if they do have, you know, disagreements, um, it has to be, it has to be um, debated. It can't be um, always negative and critical. So these are things that you're more geared towards, kind of focusing to make sure that that team then becomes um, more more dynamic and 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 faster paced, I would say. But they basically bond as a team. So those are other things to watch out for, I think. Yeah, people's a really good point because as we were saying earlier, no, no projects the same, agile comes in all different forms and obviously everybody the team members are all completely different as well so they're not all going to work the same different experiences different expectations um so it's in summary it's it's a big challenge but always an interesting one to solve isn't it (laughs) (laughs) and is there anything un particularly unusual 
in your career that you've come across which has been a bit of a surprise to you? Um, I think at the beginning I was um, maybe a little bit surprised or maybe naive, I don't know, whichever you, you, you want to um, label it. Um, when I was a contractor, I contracted for six years and I would go into agencies or, um, you know, uh, or different organisations and in order to deliver a project um, and they always said to me either... I am agile, our organization is agile, which I thought great, or we are aspiring to be agile and we're looking for you to bring some of that expertise in. But when you start working with the organization, um, what I tended to find was it was almost like a checkbox, which was, um, okay, I have a label, I am a scrum master, um, I have a cross-functional you know, a, a, a cross team, um, I'm doing Kanban or whatever it is, tick, 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 tick. Um, but we're not actually delivering. Um, so it, it was almost as organizations tricked themselves into thinking they were agile and it would solve all their problems. Well, actually, they weren't actually being agile. Yeah. They hadn't, they, people hadn't actually bought in um, to actually what is agile, what do we want from it, and from obviously top, top down and bottom up as well. So that for me initially was an eye-opener because when you try to then put processes in place, um, they don't work because you don't have the buy-in or people don't understand what the benefit is. Um, so there's a lot of work that needs to be done before you get to that point. Um, so that for me was a little bit of an eye-opener. So I am a little bit wary when people say, uh, yes, we are agile. Um, so I ask obviously more questions around, well, you know, what does agile mean to you? Um, being agile to understand actually are they truly agile or is that where they want to get to but perhaps they don't have the right knowledge or, or the right people to get them there so it could be a combination of things but yeah I would say that that was a little bit of an eye-opener for me. Yeah it's I completely understand how that happens in companies but it is a bit of a strange one where the tick boxing exercise where we've changed everyone's role titles or we're now doing scrum so we're agile um but in reality, they're probably just masking more of a traditional way of working. But the boxes are ticked so they can move on rather than asking the really tough questions. If, is, is this working? What do we need to change to improve and things like that? It's yeah. sometimes an easy way out. Um, yeah, but I see, certainly see that a lot. OK, what about um, the biggest success in your career? And this can be absolutely anything from a, a very personal thing to a big project to whatever, really. What's your... Um, I would say, I mean, there's been a few, but all, all in the, in, in different ways. Um, when I worked for, um, so, uh, the Ministry of Justice, there was a couple, there was one which was, doesn't sound sexy, it was called scheduling and listing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really boring and you think, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Um, but it was, um, it was amazing basically. So it was looking at the, um, the tribunal system uh, across England and what they hoped to achieve and it was the, the initial discovery phase is they wanted to understand the landscape um, across the UK in terms of um, what are the roles of the judiciary uh, and is there anything we can do to optimise the process to make sure that more people are seen to make sure it's more cost effective so they had targets that they, they wanted to understand to say actually can we improve this process but in order for them to improve it they had to have a benchmark uh, no one actually had a 
a, a map of what that looks like. So, you know, you have the judiciary, but actually who supports them? And if you were going to change roles, what would that mean and what impact would that have? And for the, for the judiciary, actually, what's their main what's their main goal? Well, their main goal is obviously to make sure justice is served, mm. however long that takes. You know, you can't time box that. So for me, that was um, that was eye-opening because we, we sat in courts and we observed um, some cases. Some of them obviously were quite uncomfortable, but it was a good insight to see actually um, how does it work and how do we treat victims that, that come, come to court and everything that uh, surrounds that in order to make sure that they are comfortable and justice is served and how much pressure also is on the judiciary and how they work. Um, one of the thing, pain points we did realise was to do with um, paperwork. Um, not much was done for it. They had, um, and it's probably, they still do, uh, lots of um, kind of either basement uh, rooms uh, where they had documents which were filed away um, so that would be a cost saving because yeah. if you think about digitizing it, but then if you digitize it, you have to then think about actually security sensitive data. So that for us was um, really interesting. And we did get to an outcome where we managed to map the as is and we identified the pain point and potentially the opportunities as to what the two d could be. Um, so that was really rewarding because whatever we put forward we knew that we were part of making that change um i think at the moment they have done some pilots this was about three years ago that we did the discovery um but they have done a, a pilot which i think has been quite successful so there's elements uh, that they've taken where they obviously have looked at the opportunities and how they can then optimize that further yeah. so that was definitely one which um was it, it was interesting it was fun um, and you felt like you actually made a difference. So that, yeah. that, that, that made you feel good. Yeah, I love the sound of that. I'm, I'm jealous. I'd love to work on a project <laughs> like that. There's, when you've got, you can see the real impact it's going to have. And I, bet, I imagine it was really interesting discovering how that was all working at that point as well. And probably maybe a few jaw-dropping moments of like, really, all that paperwork? And <laughs> it's stored there. And when we're used yeah. to living in such a digital world now and, working on digital products it's yeah it sounds great that one okay um so a few questions around the industry and having project management versus the agile movement and i see it a lot sort of the, the butting of heads between those two and yeah. and why can't project managers be agile and in my opinion the the term project managers isn't that helpful these days it's quite a traditional title but yeah. there's a lot of roles out there who are working in an agile manner but they may have a title as a project manager but you often see it getting really brought down on social media and linkedin and things like that when it's talked about but what are your thoughts on yeah. that um i mean yeah i agree i think the 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 word manager doesn't help because in Agile, you think of you know servant leader. Um, you're not there to do command and control, so it's more mm -hmm. about empowerment and self-organisation. Uh, so that doesn't help. But I think regardless, you know, if you do have the title project manager, and I did uh, before I you know uh, went into more the, the the Agile sphere, I I actually was Agile. I would say um, it was making sure that you you bring the right people in a room to have the conversation. 
because um, previously um, I knew that if I had my UX person and my designer, they would go away and time box appear and then come back. Um, I know that my engineers would complain because they only now had um, a fraction of the time to then build something which they felt actually is not feasible. So we would then change the scenario and say, well, okay, this is a project. These are all the people involved. So let's have a chat first. So I, I think you can be, um, but it's not very helpful having the, the manager word. But also I think what we have to remember is all organizations and uh, institutions or companies, they're not all set up to be agile. Yeah. Um, and if you are, if you want to be agile, you have to change your structure. You have to change it to do with strategy, to vision, to how uh, the whole organisation is set up, to the terms you use. So, if you are working in an organisation that needs a degree of governance, it could be that actually perhaps the project manager is the right title because they have a specific skill set. But they can still be agile. They can still make sure that um, there's collaboration with the right people. Um, they can still uh, tweak the template to make sure they're more lightweight instead of the uh, probably what we're used to or where you used to, which is the you know, uh, 30 page scope of work and change your quest and all those things. So you can change things like that. So there's lots of things you can do. Um, I think it all depends on the environment yeah. um, and also who your stakeholders are and how they work. Um, because I think you have to be mindful of that. Yeah, my next question was around do we want to ditch the title project manager? But you probably answered that already because it's it really depends on the context of what you're doing, really. And we, we've sometimes changed the titles to our clients just, just so it's clearer what they're doing because it doesn't really matter what your official title and your signature is. It's more yeah. important that people understand what you're doing at that moment, I guess. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I definitely agree. I mean, there's loads of titles. I mean, I think... Um, yeah, depending on the organisation you're, you're in, a project manager might work well. But if you are in an organisation where they aspire to be agile, um, then there is a question mark, is what do you call someone? I know um, people have said, well, actually, maybe an agile facilitator uh, is better because you may have teams that um, some may be, uh, work to the Scrum framework, others may work to uh, you know Kanban or Scrumban. So instead of saying Scrum Master, it's more interchangeable, so you could have agile facilitator. Uh, the other one, which I know that people are quite keen on, and I'm, I suppose I, I lean more towards, which is agile delivery lead. So once again, that that's more interchangeable. So um, it's interesting. Um, it's like yeah, you know, yeah. What, what, what do you name name yourself? But I think, like you, I think it's important to know whatever you name yourself is actually what does that mean? What is your role, and what's your responsibility? Um, so long as you know that and the team knows that and the company knows that, then I, it doesn't to a degree, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree completely. It's more about what you do at the end of the day, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's not all about the title. And do you still feel that Agile is misunderstood? You know, we touched on it a little bit in some of your answers. It's, yeah. People still treat it as a, a process in some ways rather than the yeah. classic mindset and, and yeah. also overcomplicate it in a lot of no, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's loads of misconceptions. I think throughout the years and, and still to today, um, the common ones are um, 
okay, so if I'm working to a framework, I'm agile. Well, it's like, well, no, that's a framework. That's a, that's a process. Um, you've got to go back to the values and the principles, and then you can use whatever you want. You can mix up the frameworks if you want. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably a common misconception. I think the other one is sometimes people get hung up on uh, the framework and also the terms, and they become too rigid, and they kind of close up, and they're not open to um, change, uh, which is obviously not what Agile teaches you, is you have to be um, open to change and adapt depending on your environment and your circumstance. So I think sometimes people follow things to the letter, and they think, oh, if I diverge a little bit, I'm not going to be Agile. So there's also that fear, I think, because it depends on personalities. I think some people like things which are, you know, or this is how I do it, so this is what I will do. So there's that group or that persona as well that you, you've got to be mindful of. Um, I would say the other thing is um, there's a misconception also that if you're agile, which I love, I love this one, hmm. you don't need to document. It's like, well, we're agile. Yeah, we don't need to document. It's all in there. It's like, well, no, because you still need a degree of documentation to make sure everyone's aligned because... Um, if you have a, for example, an end-to-end user flow, um, if you speak about it verbally, everyone might actually interpret it slightly different. Whereas if you have a picture, people understand, okay, so these are the concepts, these are the phases. So there is a a, a conception there where, where people feel, yeah, I don't need to document. So it's just reminding people um, the reason why you need to document and, and the value of having that. Uh, but I think there is a fine line where you need to ask yourself, if I document, at what point does it become stale? So do I? how do I then document? Is it actually a complex document? Is it a, a, um, a playbook, you know, like a, a readme or, or something else? So there's that question as well. But you do need a degree of documentation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just made me think, because I'm going to ask you next about the worst thing that's sort of, you've heard a project manager say or do or or stakeholder, whoever it might be, and relate to that last point on this is agile. I've had a client quite a few years ago now and they were throwing all sorts of things over the fence at us saying, just do it. And we're like, but, you know, we need yeah. this, we need to work this out. And they're like, but this is an agile project. You should just do it, do it tomorrow. <laughs> it's just like you're causing absolute chaos. Um, yeah. But in, in some ways you can, it doesn't really matter what you do as long as it's bringing high value and you're getting the most from the team and it's delivering on the outcomes you want to achieve, et cetera, et cetera. Um, don't get too tied up with being what some people call sort of pure agile in a way. Yeah, <laughs> it exactly. can go too far the other way then. So yeah, what is, is there something, a bit of a random one you've heard someone say, we're just like, I can't believe they said that without naming names, obviously. <laughs> I, mean, the, the, I suppose the weird, weirdest one I heard, and it still doesn't make any sense, was... Um, I had a, a solutions architect who I suppose he hadn't really bought into the whole Agile anyway. One day he just came up and said, well, I think Agile is an anti-pattern. I was like, well, what does that even mean? <laughs> I'm like, why do you think this? Um, I think that was the, the strangest thing. But I, I think I boiled that down to, obviously, this is the person that doesn't, or whatever reason, hasn't bought into Agile but has found himself working in an agile environment and obviously is finding this quite challenging um but yeah i think that was probably the, the strangest uh comment i've had yeah i can imagine first like okay 
Should we go and expand upon that a little bit, dig a little bit deeper? And yeah, yeah I thought it'd be something like what you just said there. They're just not understanding. Yeah. They feel threatened or whatever it might be, which is often often happens, isn't it, when there's a big change in a work approach? Yeah, I, I think it's like, I don't know if you've seen that little uh, kind of illustration um, where they have, you know, um, loads of people and they ask the question, um, who would who would like change? So who, you know, who, who's in favour of change? Everyone puts their hands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a, it cuts to, well, actually, um, okay, so you're willing to change. How many people are individually willing to change? And nobody puts their hands up. Yeah. So it is when it becomes personable. Is it, people tend to think, well, okay, well, what does this mean? Does this mean my role changes? Um, you know, is it, you know, what how well, how is that going to impact me? And I think there is an element of fear because by nature, people generally don't like to change. They like routine. Uh, and then if you impose a change and it's a sudden change and they haven't been consulted, I think naturally people. Are quite defensive and they, they don't welcome it so yeah you also have to be mindful i think if, if you are looking to change change is good but you have to do it in the right way and you have to make sure people are consulted otherwise people do become quite defensive yeah yeah absolutely if there's one thing that you would like a client to do whether that's repeating something or just something that have a really big impact and a change on you um and the projects and products that you've worked on, what would that be? Um, I mean, I think where possible, what you try to do with clients is try to get them more involved. Um, and if they can have more contact with the team, I think that's definitely an asset. Yeah. Um, because sometimes a challenge you have, and it all depends, obviously, the structure of you know, uh, the company that your client's working for and everything, um, that they are quite far removed. So it does it does become more, um, I want this thing, uh, this is the delivery date, um, make sure you give it to me. Whereas, as you know, when you work on a project, there's lots of challenges. So you might have an idea, but for whatever reason, maybe it's not feasible, so you want to adapt it. So I think where possible, try to, it would be try to engage the client. Uh, an initial step might just be, uh, just make sure they're part of the demo so at that point where you can actually demo something just make sure they're part of that so you get that early feedback so have you ever been on a project that's never finished and you've just moved on to another role or something like that or um i don't think projects ever finish um i think that they'll always continue to develop in one way or another um yeah i mean when i was consulting uh Sometimes I was just brought in to do a phase of the project. Uh, so the one for scheduling and listing when we did that, it was largely just for the discovery phase. It was a, a time box of three months, so we had to make sure we uh, had an outcome by then. Um, and then, then after that, it was then uh, taken over by the, the in-house team. Um, so yeah, sometimes um, that does happen. Um, other times I've, I've been quite lucky where I've seen the duration um, of the project um where i've seen it three uh, yeah. and then it's live and at that point normally that's when you know if you're a consultant then it's like oh, kind of bye bye um so yeah it, it, it all depends but the nice thing obviously now that i am uh, uh, permanent especially at money farm is um one is also growing the team which is amazing it's just to see where you know where you started to how they've improved and how everyone's adapted but also the product as well see where, where the product is and how that has changed because 
like anything, a product is only successful if you understand the user need. And for that, you obviously have to look at data. Yeah. Uh, and it tells you, obviously, a certain amount. And then there's obviously user research and, and all those things. So that's, that, 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 that's quite an interesting aspect of it as well, is to see um, where you started from and then where where you kind of are at the moment and the potential opportunities. So yeah. that's, uh, I, I find that um, really exciting, I'd yeah. say. Well, um, well, I'm glad you haven't been on any of those. Government always jumps to comes springs to mind when I think about those projects that never end and people just keep putting more and more money on it and more and more money on it and not actually looking at what we're doing here and what we're really trying to achieve and being brave enough to stop it which I'm sure there'd be probably a hundred learnings to take if you worked on those projects but at the same time I probably wouldn't wish it on anyone to work on them either really. Yeah I mean the one we worked on which I I think you might know because it had quite a a big um, campaign about it which was Change for Life um, oh, yeah, yeah. So at the time, I worked for the company that um, actually built the website, and I think obviously they had various uh, agency partners. One of which was I think um, Emma Sarchi. Um But that 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 was a, a small website at the time, and that's going back quite a while. And that's still that's still up and running. Um, but I think that's probably a good example of actually where that still gives benefit because it's about healthy eating and how people can improve yeah. uh, you know their lifestyles and things like that. But yeah. Yeah, it's a positive one. A rational reason for it, then yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so next one is about productivity. So this is the Productive Project Manager podcast. So I'm always going to ask a question around that. And I'm always personally interested in finding out what other people do to stay productive, which is even more challenging being at home now for, for some. Yeah. Um, have anything that works really well for you to help your productivity? Uh, I think a, a few things. Um, so reading, uh, obviously, um, I always find it useful if people can recommend me a book uh, because there's so many books out there on Agile. And if you want to invest in one, you want to make sure it's the right one, not get to you know, page 10 and think, oh, actually, um, it, it's, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Um, so I always ask my network if I if they have a book. Um, the one we, we did read, which I think you might already know, which is the, the Phoenix Project. So that's a, a good example of, of a book where it's about an IT manager, and it's about uh, it's about real life experience and scenarios in terms of ha- how do you deal with a scenario when when actually the textbook doesn't quite work. Um, so that that that's an interesting one. Um, other things I do is I think probably more now than I did before um, is I join more more meetups. So um, just to to get to know how people actually handle situations. Um, I find those, I would say, insightful um, because I think once you've done Agile for a while, um, it's always good then to kind of expand and see, well, okay, it's good to then almost get someone else to storytell uh, their experience and then you can learn from that and you can get interesting ideas from that as well. Um, so I, I would say at the moment that those are probably the, the two combinations that I, I currently do. Yeah, getting those different perspectives makes a huge difference, which yeah. the last six months has been a bit more challenging as well to do that, right? Because meetups are great, especially when they were face-to-face and you can just have those conversations together yeah. where it's a little bit more tricky on, on Zoom with breakout rooms yeah. and things like that. Okay, if there's one thing, one thing that you'd advise or tell someone who's early on in their career that might really help them that you wish that you were told as well 
looking back? <laughs> um, I think. I think that the I suppose the one thing I would say is don't feel you have to carry the burden. So even though you know whether you work, uh, whether you still work to waterfall or whether it's agile, um, I think there there is still depending on your personality as well. I think definitely for me, if I if I know I have to, if I know I'm in charge of an outcome, I will make sure that that outcome is met and then. For me, sometimes I would just shoulder it all, but actually you can share it. Um, and what you find is once you share it, one, it reduces the stress levels, which is awesome. Uh, but also because you're part of a team, um, there's people there who have the right skill set or they may have a different perspective that can help you sometimes even get there quicker. So I think um, if I could you know, go back in time, I'd probably tell myself that is, you know, uh, don't be a hero. Um, you know, rely on people. Um, they're here to help you, and make sure you share the responsibility. Yeah, I can completely align with that, and wish I was told that advice as well. Because early in my career as a project manager, the the longer hours and feeling like I need oh, yeah. to know everything and organise everything. When yeah. you've got all those people around you, where you have just said, right, let's get in a room together this afternoon and let's work this out, probably could have saved myself many, many late nights of, <laughs> and, and stressful. Uh, evenings yeah. and days so yeah I think that's really good advice so yeah any PM scrum masters early in their career definitely <laughs> heed that advice it's super important yeah. all right well we're done I think the only other question I had for you is if any of the listeners have liked what they've heard from you and want to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that so um, I'm on LinkedIn so you just Put my name in Asha Jamil and it'll, it'll come in search. Or uh, we've got a practical uh, agile community page which we set up about uh, almost a, a couple of weeks ago. Ah, cool. uh, so that one's just about um, once again, just giving practical advice for, from people yeah. who've, who've had um, you know, an experience. Uh, so they can also join that page as well. Ah, oh, amazing. All right. I've really enjoyed that. Thank you so much so much great stuff there looking forward to listening back and uh picking a few of the the key insights out from there as well so thank you Tia. really appreciate your time tonight That's right.